Amen. Amen. If you guys could grab your Bibles, go lower the music. First Corinthians chapter four, verse fifteen. Before we go there, we're going to go to First Corinthians chapter two, verse three to five. I'm not going to talk long. By the way, welcome to our first chapel of the year. Come on, give Jesus some praise. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Actually, this is the first chapel ever. All right, it says this. It says, my message and my preaching were not of wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Let's read that again. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration. Everybody say demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on what human wisdom. But it, so that it could rest on God's power. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. Some of you have become arrogant as if you were not come, as if I were not coming to you. So that just sounds like Paul's a, a little upset, right, with some people. Because some of them are probably thinking that they're all that. And he says, some of you are thinking that I'm not coming to you. And you guys are talking very arrogantly. Watch what he says. But I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what, what power they have. What power do they have? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall I come to you in love and great and with a great gentle spirit? Father, I pray God for your word today. I pray that it will penetrate our hearts. I pray that through this word that you will deposit seeds, God, for leaders, for pastors. For people that will bring revival, God, to cities, to churches, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You see here, you see Paul is talking, right? He's talking to the Corinthian church. Now, if you know anything about the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church were very gifted people. But unfortunately, their gift and their character did not match. Their gift and their character did not match. There was a lot of sexual immorality going on in this church. There was a lot of sin going on in this church. But this was a very gifted people. And so this is why Paul is saying this. Some of you have become arrogant. Because when you're moving in the gifts and you're moving it with God and you're being used by God, sometimes when you don't have the character to match your gift, you become arrogant. And so what does he say? He says, but I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only who these arrogant people are that are talking, but what kind of power do they really have? He's saying, basically, Paul is saying, listen, uh, some of you are just talking. You're really good with your words. You're really gifted speakers. You're really 
gifted at speaking to people, but you have no power. You have no power. How many ever met somebody like that? They're really good at speaking and stuff like that, but there's no miracles taking place. People are not getting saved. Nothing is happening. Why? Because they're really good at talking the talk, but they're not that good at walking the walk. And I believe God is raising up a generation that not only has the ability to preach, not only has the ability to talk the talk, but they have demonstration to back it up. They come and they're able to speak a great message and they're very creative and all that stuff. But at the altar call, people are getting delivered. People are getting healed. People are being set free because not only are you able to talk, you're able to demonstrate God's power. And that's what God wants for this generation. We're really good at going on Facebook and talking the talk. We're really good at breaking things down. But is there power behind your words? Is there power behind what you are saying? And so here you can see that Paul is speaking like a spiritual father. And he basically says this in the same book, 1 Corinthians. He says this, chapter 4, verse 15. He says, for although you could have countless babysitters... This is the Passion Translation. Although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you, telling you what you were doing wrong, you don't have many fathers that could correct you in love. You see, babysitters are the ones that pat you on the back and say all the time, oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, God understands. And he does. And sometimes we need encouragement. But some of us, we need spiritual fathers. To correct you in love. So this generation sometimes, and we, we love babysitters, right? People to clean up our mess. And there is a certain stage in your life where that has to happen. When you're a baby in Christ. We have to clean up people's messes. We have to show them away. We have to walk alongside of them. But then there comes a place. Where you need to be a spiritual father or a spiritual brother or a spiritual sister. And you said, I'm no longer going to clean up this mess. Now I'm going to show you how to clean up this mess on your own. And that takes power. That takes the anointing of God. That takes God demonstrating himself through your life and through your words. And so what am I saying? What I'm saying is we need to understand that the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the word of God. I encourage you to dig deep into the word of God. You have to dig deep in the word of God. Because nowadays you are hearing some crazy stuff. You are hearing stuff that is totally unbiblical. But because they have the ability to do signs and wonders, people follow them. But how many of you know that if it's against the word of God, that ain't God? That's That's not God. I was just seeing a video of a lady that she would literally sit on the chair, right? And people are just falling over when they touch her. And people are speaking in tongues and they have like these shakes and all that stuff. And it looks very powerful. But if you start listening to what she is saying, you will understand that's not biblical what she's saying. At one point she says, touch my feet. I feel the power of God on my feet. 
And then you have all these people walking up and they're touching her feet. And they're falling out. And then she says, don't touch them too long. Very arrogantly. <laughs> exactly. Next. <laughs> Very rude, right? Can you imagine you're trying to get a deliverance, you're trying to get healed, and you think this is a woman sent by God and she's working through God's power? Because how I many you know the same way God has power, the devil has counterfeit power? Right? How many of you know that if you go up to her and you say, don't touch my feet too long, you're going to be crushed. There wasn't even a lady that fell on top of her after she prayed. And she was like, you grieve my spirit. I can't. She was like so upset because somebody fell on top of her. That's not the type of power I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that, the power that gets you arrogant. I'm talking about the power that you walk in humility. You walk in humility. That if somebody falls on you, you don't get all upset. But maybe you start hugging that person. Maybe you start praying over that person. Maybe you begin to demonstrate the power of God's love over that person. And not be like this person that arrogantly got touched. She calls herself uh, the princess. Okay. The question is, whose princess is she? You know what I'm saying? We don't need to raise up a generation like that. We don't need to raise up a generation that walks in power, but they're arrogant. That walks in counterfeit power. No, we have to raise up a generation that walks in brokenness and humility before God. Always. And so I'm not saying that don't go for the word of God and just focus on power. No, we have a balance. We have to have dig deep into the word of God. This is what Paul was basically saying. He says, Look at me as an example. If you read 1 Corinthians, look at me and follow my, my exampleship. Use me. Imitate me. If you know anything about Paul, there was nobody really like Paul. That brother knew the word of God. To the point where he would reason in the synagogues with the Jews. Not only did he do that, but he, debate, he debated with philosophers. If you ever talk to a philosopher, they'll confuse you if you don't know what you're talking about. But he debated with philosophers. He knew the word of God. But then in his ministry, you begin to see a shift. In his ministry, in Paul's ministry, not only do you see him just talking about the word of God and teaching the word of God, which is great. But now you begin to see that he is demonstrating the power of God. It's almost like Paul sat down one day and he says, man, everything I'm saying is great. I'm debating, I'm reasoning with all these people, and what I'm saying is true, and some people are getting saved, but for some reason, I want to see more people saved. And so now he begins to see God's power after he teaches. Let me give you some examples. Not only does Paul demonstrate that the kingdom of God is a, a kingdom of word, but is a kingdom of power, and in Acts 13, Paul begins to rebuke a sorcerer that becomes blind as a result. A sorcerer, he's making money off of this. And Paul rebukes him because of what he's doing and that person becomes instantly blind. This got the attention of the city authorities to the point where the deputy saw what happened to this lady, the sorcerer, and he got saved. And it opened the door to the gospel for that region. He demonstrated the power of God. Acts 14. 
Seeing a crippled man who had never walked in his life, Paul told him, stand up right on thy feet. And he leaped and walked, demonstrating the power of God. Acts 16, here we see Paul, Paul encountered a certain a female slave possessed by a spirit of divination. Everybody knows this story, right? And after this girl harassed Paul and his associates for a number of days, Paul turned to her and addressed that spirit. And she got set free. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out that same hour. Notice it said that same hour. It didn't come out instantly. And for any of you that have ever experienced something like that, it does take a while sometimes, even for Paul. And so when the devil or the demon exited this person, it created such a mighty stir with the local people that Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. And we know the story about that, right? When they were in prison, that they began to pray and worship and the foundations of a place were shaken and everyone's bands were loosed. There goes another demonstration of God's power. So while you're here in Master's Commission, I want you to dig so deep into the Word of God that it just oozes out of you. That in every situation that comes your way, that the Word of God just flows out of you. That when people ask you questions about their life, that it just flows out of you. But on top of that, on top of the word flowing out of you, I want the power of God to flow out of you. I want people to feel your words when you speak to them. I want them to see that God is still a God that heals. I want them to see that God is a God that still delivers and sets people free. People are looking for real power, not the counterfeit. I promise you that if people would encounter the real God, not the God that's on television, that sometimes we see, no, the real God of the Bible, I promise you they have no choice but to surrender to Him. And if they see the real power of God inside of you, they have no choice but to say, God really encountered your life. And that's where we got to be. We got to be where God's power is encountering our life, changing our life, changing our attitude, changing our mentality. Because people are watching. And little do you know, your life is the very demonstration of God's power. And some of you are not surrendering to the process. And will God change you? Yes, God will change you. But you will not be changed to the full potential that you could be changed. Unless you surrender all. Unless you surrender all. These meetings that you guys are having, extra prayer time, that's amazing. And I'm hearing that God is showing up. You know why he's showing up? Because he's honoring the fact that you're going the extra mile spiritually. He says, if you want more, then you come and cry out for more. And if you cry out for more, I will give you more. If you want to be used by God, he says, ask me to be used and I'll use you. And if I can't use you, I'll tell you why. So you could adjust it inside of your life. Because how many know, spiritually speaking, we're just pipes. We're not the water that flows through it. It's Jesus that flows through us. We're just the pipes. 
But if that pipe is clogged up, it's going to be very hard for that water to flow through it. It's our responsibility to clean our spiritual pipes so that God could flow freely through us. It's our responsibility that when he asks us to pray a little longer, that we pray a little longer. That if he asks us to fast a little bit more days, then you do it. Why? Because he's cleaning your pipes. He's cleaning your pipes because he's preparing to flow through you. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Absolutely. But he wants to make us vessels of honor and not dishonor. Amen? Let's all stand. I believe God is raising up young people here. You guys have gifts. You guys have powerful gifts. And I believe that God's not only going to use you inside of the church, but God wants you to use those gifts in the marketplace. And when I mean the marketplace, I mean at a regular job. Some of you are going to be working a regular job for a season. And you're going to be working maybe in an office. Or maybe you're going to be working at Walmart or Starbucks or whatever. And somebody's going to be saying, hey, there's something different about you. And you say, hey, on your break, why don't we go outside? Or let's go to the bathroom or let's go somewhere else. And in the bathroom, wherever you go, you're going to lay hands on that person. And they're going to feel the power of God. And they're going to get healed. And they're going to get, they're going to get delivered. Because not only does the power of God flow in the church, but it flows everywhere you go because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are carriers of his presence. Wherever we go, we should change the atmosphere. When you have a party in your family, with your family, you should change the atmosphere. All of a sudden, people should feel convicted around you. They don't want to smoke around you. They don't want to drink around you. It's not because you said anything. In fact, you might even say, it's okay, you can do it in front of me. But they can't do it because the presence of God rests upon you. That's, that's Bible. That's how it worked in the Bible. It worked so great that Peter, Peter's shadow healed people. It wasn't even his physical body. It was his shadow. His shadow will heal people. Can we be trusted with that kind of power? Can we be trusted and have the character, have the humility, have the brokenness where God could release that kind of power inside of our lives, where we don't even have to touch them, where our shadow touches them and they're healed. And it's not because it's us. Remember, we're just the pipe. It's because God is flowing so strong through us. That's the generation that God wants to raise up. God wants to raise up a generation that not only is great with the word of God, but they're great in power. And they're great in character. They're great with humility. They know it's not them. They know it's not about them. They know it's about them. It's about his presence. But it does require another level. Another level of walking with him. You can't be mediocre and expect extraordinary results. We cannot live a mediocre life and expect extraordinary miracles. That can, it will never happen. You'll see glimpses of it, but you'll never live in it. 
In order for you to live a, uh, an extraordinary life where things are happening in your life, in your ministry, all around you, you have to live an extraordinary life. Extraordinary with humility. Extraordinary with holiness. Extraordinary in character. Amen. If that's something you want, I just want you to lift up your hands. And just begin to cry out to Jesus right now. Father, right now, God, I pray, God, that you will give us a hunger for you, for your presence. That you will give us a hunger for you and your presence. That we will walk in the character that you want us to walk in. So that you can trust us with the anointing, with the power, and with the glory that you want to trust us with. God, I pray, God, in Jesus' name, God, that you will move right now, Father God. That you will move right now, Father God.